Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. Well, who's excited to be real life today? I know we got Jared. He looks like he's just got back from Hawaii. <laughs> Didn't happen, but yeah, exactly. Well, a couple things. I want to just uh, say a little plug for our life groups. It's just an awesome season to get connected and get plugged in. And uh, our, group, our group leaders are just an amazing group of people. So I'm going to have them stand. If you're a group leader, we just stand all around the room. I know we got some people over here and somewhere over here and over here. All right, stay, stay standing because I know you're going to sit down like right away. All right, Scott, I'm going to pick on you because you're trying to sit down. Scott is not that scary, so you can join his group. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, a lot of people sign up, but nobody's that scary. We have some great leaders. These people obviously love people. They love to serve. Uh, a lot of you guys, honestly, as group leaders, have poured into my life. And I believe if you can find somebody who wants to pour in your life spiritually, somebody who cares about you, cares about your spiritual walk, um, that is an incredible thing to find. It's so hard to find that. And you guys got people right here going, hey, I'll pour into your life. I'll help you. So, man, give these guys another shout. Thank you guys for stepping up and being leaders for the cause. So the question's really simple. Who are you doing life with? Who are you doing life with? Uh, who you do life with really takes you the farthest. Uh, I've been around uh, long enough to know that the people, the relationships you have really change where you go in life. And so you're kind of like, man, I'm kind of struggling. I'm in a spot of kind of the same rut. I'm kind of repeating that cycle. Man, get into a life group. Uh, I'm telling you, these people are the A game. They love people, love you. They're not going to judge you. You know what I'm saying? I know you guys are busy. You're busy, but you're not too busy to find a leader. And uh, any opportunity I get to find a spiritual leader, I'm like, okay, you're going to pour my life? I'll be there. And so I just encourage you. You can sign up for my group. That's my plug. Um, one person. That's cool. <laughs> that's cool. I'm pumped. I'm, me and Brian, we're going to hang. It's going to be awesome, awesome. So I will say I'm going to sound a little old on this one, but I've used it before. But this isn't an all-skate event, okay? And so we're going to invite everybody out to skate with us at our life groups. Um, and I, I'm just dating myself. I haven't skated since, like, last week. And... Um, if you can't skate, that's okay, though, because we'll teach you how to skate. If you don't have the money, we'll pay for it. Uh, it's all on us. All right, we drove it in the ground. You got it. So be there. Sign up. I expect you guys to go look at it. Even during my message, honey, they can go on and look at life groups. If you sign up, I'll let you get away with it, okay? So anyway, we're excited today to talk about generosity. Hey, I'm impressed somebody cheered about that. You know what I'm saying? Like, dude, I should have slept in today. I knew this was going to happen eventually, man. Uh, no, we're a church. We're a generous church. We love to give. And so, man, speaking about generosity, I'm just excited about telling you guys what God can do through this. And so uh, who here would say, hey, I, I feel like I'm a generous person. Just go and throw your hand up. Who's that? I see some hands. I would agree. I would agree. There are so many people in our church that are absolutely generous. This church is founded, founded on generosity. It's not found, it's not found on like uh, here's a little bit here, here. It's found on extremely generous people. And I'm gonna tell you, thank you so much. I look around you guys that have been faithful as faithful gives at giving and making this church happen. Not just here, but just for the kingdom. Just the kind of person that says, hey, you need a shirt? Hey, here's my shirt. You need me to help you? I'll help you move. I got a trailer. Dang it, I got a trailer. Yeah, okay. I got a truck. I do. I sold my trailer, by the way. Shout out. <laughs> That's not generous, okay? Um, Anyway, we say this. We say we're rationally generous so other people can know that they're loved. 
We're rationally generous. We do things that make no sense. Like, it's not going to make sense on paper, okay? If you're an Excel person, anybody Excel people out there, why me and Brian all the time, you know? Joseph, I like that. So if you're an Excel person, you're going to do the math on what we're talking about. It's not going to make any sense, I promise you. But we're rationally generous so other people know that they're loved. You know, oftentimes we give up the things we love so other people can know that they are loved. That's where generosity begins. We get to make a difference for the cause of Christ. You know, some of you guys are going to be a little uncomfortable today. You're going to be like, oh, man, like getting a little nervous. And we talk about generosity, and so many times you're like, man, this is a bad thing, but it's a great thing. I do, I do tragically think sometimes, though, when you're speaking to a crowd this size or just across the United States, the people I roll with, that kind of thing, and even in my own heart at times, we can be so non-generous, right? We can be so just not giving. And so if I ask you, say, hey, are you a generous person? You'll be like, oh, yeah, I'm absolutely generous. I gave something. And uh, I'm going to tell you something today. There's a big difference between giving and generosity, Okay, they're two different worlds, okay? Like giving something and then being generous are two different things. And so generosity is really where you fall in line, you align with, you get behind really the thrill of giving to God and being a part of what he's doing to make a difference in the world. To really have the thrill of saying, hey, I'm making a difference and impacting people's lives. There's something about giving back. You know, as I get older, I become less about myself, less about the money I have, and more about, hey, how can I bless other people? And I think that's the generation that we're trying to have in our church, the culture we're trying to create, that we'd be a generous generation. And so a couple thoughts today, just going to kind of dive in uh, from my perspective, just what I've seen here in America and across the world, just what it looks like to be generous. You know, in America, there's a couple things that we kind of struggle with. And I think the first thing is this, that we don't think we're rich, but we are. Like, if I say, hey, you're rich, you'd be like, no. Like, no. I'm always like, man, there's a bigger boat. (laughs) Like, I can get that nice new Tiger boat. I can get that house, man. It's like half a million or like two million, right? Like, there's always something greater. We always compare ourselves to the next thing, right? Like, the next house down the block, to the corner lot, to the, to whatever, right? Like, we have that. That's that's how America works. And so, we think, man, I'm not rich because I don't have all this stuff. And the second thing is this, that most Americans think we're generous, but we're not. Like most of us are like, man, I gave, I did that, I mean, I showed up that, you know, I did that, but we're not that generous as a country. There's some statistics I want to unpack just for a second. But most of Americans don't feel like they're rich, but we are. And so we compare ourselves to those around us. But if you look at the world, like just the world around us, if you've ever traveled overseas and, and been into the most of the majority world, you'd feel extremely rich. If you own a vehicle right now, if you own a vehicle, you're in the top six to 9% of the wealthiest people in the world. Six to 9%. Some of us, you know, this morning we got up, right? Like we're gonna drive to church and you probably, most of you probably own your car and you're cruising and you're like, maybe get some breakfast so you're passing up a couple of restaurants. You kind of pull in, you get to the window. You pay for food, right? They deliver the food to your window. You come to church. You're going to go home from church. We're going to go into this magical thing. You push a button, and this door comes up. You know what I'm talking about? It's amazing, right? And it doesn't work. You're like, dude, for real? And most of us can't park in it anyway because it's so full of other things. <laughs> You're welcome, honey. I pulled my stuff out of the way for my baby, all right? And I can't get to my stuff now, but that's cool. I, whatever. I scrape my windows, you know? Um, so this goes up, and our, and our car has a home, like its own home, it's crazy. Like you pull in, it's like it's like wow, this is like climate controlled home, you know. And then we get upstairs, and like we're gonna change to the afternoon or whatever. And we go in our closet, and it's like you know, fifteen feet of clothes, like, and then another fifteen, and like another five, another five, and there's like shoes, right? And we're like, there's nothing to wear. This is nothing here. There's nothing matches. I need another pair of shoes. That's not me. That's my wife saying that, right? Oh, if you notice, I wear this. Uh, whatever. I'm not saying anything, but. 
If you unpack it, right, we feel like we're not wealthy, but compared to the world, we're extremely wealthy. You know, um, you think about the bathroom, right? Like you do your business and you just, it gone, it's gone. All right, majority world, it does not happen that way. It is not gone, all right? It is it's there. It's, it's in the hole, right? And it's like, no, it's still there. I'm just going to tell you, so two-thirds of the world lives on less than $2 a day. Two-thirds of the world lives on less than $2 a day. One-third of the world lives on less than a dollar a day. Do you imagine living on $2 a day for your family? It would be like a happy meal and a, like half of a happy meal. You get the fry, right? Like, it's not... You don't, you don't even get a Coke for two bucks, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's so poor. And just to put it in perspective, like, I came back from Africa on a trip in 2000 and it must have been 13, no, 11, 2011. 13 was Columbia. And so I came back from Africa, and as I, I remember flying in. We left Amsterdam. It was night. We get to the States. We're landing in Memphis. And I remember coming in at the day breaks, and I remember seeing houses for the first time in about 10 days. And to actually see homes. We were in the poverty-stricken area of Togoville, West Africa. We were, we were in the slums of Kalamgore, Kenya. Um, we were all over different places. And every time I come back to the States, I, I just get broken because I see the subdivisions. And there's this pavement. I'm like, dude, there's paved roads. <laughs> and this is crazy, right? Like, paved roads. There's, there's this thing to collect the water off the street. And you see the, all the houses. And you see all the comfort and all this stuff. And it's like, man, I am so blessed. And there's so many people who aren't. And so for us as Americans, we are extremely rich. Whether you believe it or not, whether you feel it or not, right? Whether we understand it or not, we are rich. And so for us, like, we're supposed to give back as Americans. We're supposed to give as Christians. And so uh, the stats are kind of crazy, but the average American gives 2.8% away. Just 2.8% of their income they give back to other people. That's not a lot of money. And the wealthier you get actually goes down. So if you make over $100,000, $200,000, it's 2.6%. So it's not really a lot to give away. And I would say that it's just dishonoring to God. It's very dishonoring to God not to give back to what God has given to us, especially when we have so much. It's not generous. And this is not what we do as a church, as a Christian. This is not what we do. As Jesus follows, we lead the way, right? We lead the way. We're going to be irrationally generous. We're going to give more so other people can know Christ. And so what the challenge is that most everyone wants to give more. Like, we want to give more, right? Like, I remember uh, going to college, and my parents were like, hey, good luck. We want to help you, but we can't. I'm the same way. Like, man, this is college expensive, you know? It's like, we love you. God bless. Like, we want to be there for them. We want to make a difference. We feel bad, but we can't make it. We can't have money's tight. We can't be that generous. And so the reason I think we're in this situation is that we have a mentality, and it's called scarcity. Scarcity. Scarcity becomes a cycle. It's a difference from the abundance, that we have a scarcity lifestyle. So it looks like this. And so we get money, and the first thing we do is consume. That's the first part of the cycle. We consume it, right? We start buying, we spend, we spend, we overspend, we spend more, we make. We've been there, right? We all know what we're talking about, right? We consume it. Okay, and then the end of the month hits, we're like, we're lacking. Oh, no, we're not going to make it. What are we going to do? And all of a sudden, this paralyzing fear sets in, right? And so we go from basically overspending to consuming to lacking into fear. And we repeat this cycle. It's, it's just like a, it's just almost like Satan's tactic to America. Like just buy enough, you'll be happy. If you have enough, you'll be happy. Just keep spinning that hamster wheel. Keep spinning that hamster wheel. And we sit in that same spot. So we have the cycle of scarcity that we struggle with. And so if you're cringing this morning a little bit, like maybe your like butt cheeks puckered up a little bit. Like, oh man, <laughs> we have some fun, all right? I know we're talking about money. 
But you, you know, like, oh, wow, this is, this is hitting home. This is my family. This is me. You know, this is, I've been there, right? We've all been there. We've all done that, right? We may be in there now. This is maybe a cycle for you. You might be in the cycle. And, and some of you are like, man, like, the church just wants my money. Man, I don't want your money, okay? We don't want your money. We want what God wants. I want you to have the blessing what God has. I've experienced this myself. I'm going to share my story here in a little bit. But Jesus wants us to live on a different mentality. He wants you to have the abundant life. Everybody say Abundant. Abundant life. It's co- totally different. It's not a culture of scarcity, okay? It's a, it's a culture of abundance. It's a, it's a culture of supply. It's a culture of generosity. And so the culture of supply, the cycle of supply starts like this. One thing is this, that we give generously. We give generously first. We give generously first. Why? Because we make a big difference. God uses it. I want to check out in the Bible. It says in 2 Corinthians 9, 7 through 9, this is Paul talking. He says this, you must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. Amen. All right, don't start just giving money because you feel some pressure. That's not what we're going for, right? We want people to give out of a generous heart, a joyful heart. It says this, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Gives cheerfully, gives joyfully, hilariously. Like we love to give because we know it makes a difference in the lives of people. It says this, and then God will generously provide all you need, goes on to say, then you'll always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Are you for real? Like, so you're telling me, God's economy, I give generously, God blesses me, I have what I need, and I have enough for other people to meet their needs. I mean, there's a cycle of generosity. I always say, man, generosity is a circle. Like Chance, he gave a, the shoeboxes, we did the second chance thing, and then somebody in the church who's a young adult said, hey, uh, I mean, I love what you're doing, I'm going to give my Xbox One, just one this Xbox One, why don't you have this Xbox One? It just repeat in a circle, right? Like, if you only got what you gave, Jesus always returns that. It says, then they share freely and give generously to the poor. The good deeds will be remembered for everyone. I mean, the world sees our good deeds, right? We give generously, God blesses, we share with others, and the world sees it and goes, man, I'm not a Christian, but man, those Christians are really making a difference. Like, we've experienced that in our church where we got to, to serve and, and build a community uh, closet for the clothing and do different things. And we said, man, we want to give back to Jesus. We want to give back to our community. We want people to know us by the good works that we're doing. This is what we do. We give generously. This is what God did, right? Jesus gave. Jesus gave his life. God sent his only son. Jesus gave. The father gave. Like we just just fall in the footsteps of our dad to give generously. And so the first thing is we give generously, but God multiplies our generosity. God multiplies generosity. It says in 2 Corinthians 9, 10, 11, it kind of goes on to say, it says, for God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. So God gives us seed, and then he gives us, he gives us the harvest. He gives us the bread to eat. I'm going to tell you something. When you plant a seed, you never get just one seed, amen? I don't know what kind of farmer you are. Most of us are farmers, right? Like, I don't, I plant a seed, I get nothing, you know what I'm saying? But something will grow. But you plant a seed, you never just get one seed back, right? You always get more than you planted. And that's how God works. You plant seeds of generosity, and God reproduces it back to you. So you have bread. So God gives us seed. He gives us resources. The Bible goes on to say, in the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Like, God's going to produce the heart of generosity. Like, it's made. It's not just, it's just not natural, right? I mean, I'm not naturally generous. Um, nobody here is probably, right? Like, man, I love to give. I've got that gift of life. No, like, God shows himself faithful. And so, yes, we will be enriched in every way. Why is God enriching us with generosity? Why is he blessing us? Why is God giving us the stuff we have? It says this, so that you can always be generous. So you can always be generous. You can always be generous. I mean, there's so many people that have so much less than us. You never know their story. 
You never know what they're going through. And when we share what God has given us, we are, doing, we are being the hands and feet of Jesus. We are doing the work that Jesus set forward. We are being the good works of Christ. Like God has supplied us with generosity so we can be a blessing. I was blessed to be a blessing, right? And when we take your gifts to those in need, they will thank God. Man, it's crazy. Like the world expects the church to do this. You know, when somebody needs something, you know what they do? They go to Google and they Google churches and then they start calling down the list. You understand that? It's how it works. Like, I mean, every week I get an email from somebody that needs help moving, needs rent to pay, needs something going. And we do that. We take care of people. We, respond, we put people in a, a hotel overnight that it's freezing outside and they're homeless. And it's like, yeah, I don't want you to lose your foot. Like, I've had a homeless friend lose their foot. Like, I'm going to put you in a hotel and we're going to do this different stuff. The world expects that. But as Christians, we are the ones that are generous. The world doesn't understand why we do it, but we do it because we make a difference in life. They go, man, you're, you're really doing something for God because you're giving back. They expect that. That's just the world. The Bible says this, when we sow, God supplies. It's a cycle of supply. We give our first fruits. That doesn't mean we give our last fruits. We give our first fruits to God, and God increases our first fruits, and God multiplies it. We plant that seed, and God returns it back. It may not come back with money. It comes back with whatever, but God reproduces it, and what does it increases our faith. It increases our faith. Where next time we see something that's tough, it's like, man, God's got this. You ever seen the guys that walk with God so much and are like, don't even worry, we're going to plant a church. We're crazy like that. It's like, how in the world did they have the faith? I always wondered, I always wondered, how did, how did they do that? Like, how did they have the, the courage? And it's because they began to live a generous life. You have to experience that. I'm going to tell you, man, just test it. Test it. Step out in generosity. You know, giving breaks the cycle of scarcity. Like, we have all that God wants us to have. If he wants to have more money, we'll have more money. God wants to pay off your loan, he'll pay off your loan. But God wants to be faithful to him, to bless him, because he wants to use us as a vehicle to see lives changed. The first fruits of everything received belong to God, amen? amen? I mean, this is how he wired us. Like, God gave me the job. God gave me my resources. I'm gonna give it back to God. You know, you think of the Bible, before the law was given, there's this man named Abraham, and he gave his first fruits back to God. There wasn't even a commandment to do it. It was just on his heart to give straight back. And Jesus came in the New Testament and said, hey, give back to God. Give your first fruits back to God. It's an act of honor, man. I, I love to do this because I feel like everything in my life has just been given to me by God. It's the truth. It's just who we are. We have this from God. So three thoughts about the power of giving. I just want to dive in just the three areas of like what this may look like, how this can change your life, the power of giving. One, giving teaches us to put God first. It's so easy to say, hey, I'll take care of it at the end of the month. But to put God first, it says in Proverbs 3, 9, and 10, it says, honor the Lord with your wealth with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. I mean, can you imagine in that day, like actually farming and then the first thing that comes up, you're like, hey, give that to God. Give that to the poor. Give that to the needy. Give that away. God's gonna supply. God brought the rain. God brought the sunshine. I'm gonna give that away. That's a, that's a faith, right? And God's gonna use that to build faith in your life. So the purpose of giving is to teach you to always put God first in your life, to learn to honor God, so, you know, I'm going to slow down for a minute because I know what you're thinking. <laughs> I know what you're thinking right now. You're like, are you for real, man? Like, you're, you're asking me, like, to stop barely making my payments and then start giving stuff away. Is that what you're saying? Yes. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I know that's crazy. It's not going to make I told you it wouldn't make sense on paper, and most of you haven't got paper anyway. You're not doing it, right? Like, nobody's following a budget. Like, if you have a budget, you're like, man, this ain't going to make sense. This is it. What's a budget? What's this budget thing? Mint.com. What? 
Man, I know you think, I should have slept in this morning, right? Like, I should have, oh, man, I knew it. Come on, man. Oh, dude, things are tight, man. I wish I could do that. I hear you, bro. I really do hear you, you know? And uh, you have to rearrange your life. That's what I'm saying. You have to rearrange your life. You have to rearrange your life to the priorities of God. I mean, if you want God to bless your life, you got to bless other people. Because God honors that. Like, if you want God to use your life, you got to be available, you got to say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this to God. I'm going to invest this. I'm going to put seeds down for a harvest. You know, some of us are waiting for a harvest that we never planted, amen? Like, I don't know why God's not blessing me. I'm like, dude, are you blessing people? You got to bless people. We got to give it back to God. You know, I, made the, I have to make massive changes in my life to do what you're saying. Yes. Yes, absolutely. You're going to have to make massive changes. This is not a natural cycle of life. I mean, this is going to stretch my faith. Yes, that's the point. It's going to stretch your faith. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough when you start looking, man, I'm going to give a little more. I'm going to give extra. How am I going to do this, God? You're asking the wrong question. You're asking the wrong question. So giving teaches us to put God first, but also gives us faith. It builds our faith. It says in Malachi 3, 10, 11, it says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in the house. It says, test me. This is the only place in the Bible where God says, test me. You know what I'm saying? Like, go ahead, bring it on, you know? Like, bring your tithe, bring, bring your gift, be generous, give to God. Test me and see if I won't be faithful. It goes on to say, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see. See what? See if God's economy is a lot better than the American economy. God's economy is way better. We give our first roots. God is going to bless it and multiply it. And, and test me to see if it will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out a much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I mean, God uses you, and it doesn't always come back monetarily, Okay. But you see lives change. That excites me. I don't know about you. I get excited about that. Anybody else get excited about changing lives? Like, that's, that's, that's my heart. Like, man, we got to be a church that's just on fire to say, I'm a rational journalist. I want to see people with the no love of God. I'm going to give back to what God wants me to give. And so we give our first, we give our best, and God blesses the rest. Now, I truly believe that whatever percentage you live on after you give to God, that God can do more with that percentage, whether it's 90 or 80 or 95% that you live on after you give to God, than you can on all 100% of your money. Because it takes no faith to give to God last. It takes no faith. Like, if you, if you, if you say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay it out at the end of the month, like, after I have, after I have everything left over and you get the drop, that's not going to work. It's not going to work, you know. Your savings aren't going to work that way. It's a complete opposite mentality. So some of you are saying, man, I'll never be able to do this. I hear you. That's not for me. So I'm going to throw out this random illustration called P90X. And so how many of you guys like working out? Okay, y'all are sick. I love you. That's awesome. I, I, I love working out, but I just don't love it enough to do it all the time. And so, um, you know, you, if you're a pop dude, who did P90X? Anybody did P90X? Little Tony Horn fans? Yeah, you got out there. I watched it. <laughs> Dude, for real. So that's a true statement. That's a true statement. So they, they start going on PNX, and, and like the first time they're up there, and they're like, hey, dude, how many push-ups are you gonna, or pull-ups are you going to do? I'm going to do 30. 30 pull-ups. Okay, cool. That's great. And they do that all the segment like over and over again. There's like a 1,000 pull-ups these guys do, and you're like, all right, they ever have steroids, right? And so maybe push-ups, right? There, there literally is probably 500 push-ups every time you do a P90X or any other kind of workout. And so maybe you're getting back to the gym and you're thinking, man, there's no way I can do 40 push-ups. There's no way I'm going to do 10 pull-ups. I mean, I told myself, there's no way. I didn't even do pull-ups in high school. I didn't even work out. Like, whatever, man. And then I was working out for four months. I'm like, dude, 15 pull-ups. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I can do this. But when I started, I was like, there's, you know what I'm saying? I'm just you know, roller coaster style. A little girl, take me now, Lord. You know, just raise me up. 
this is painful. And so you get the chair and you start working out. And over time, over time you build in strength, you build endurance, you have that heart, you have that passion. And all of a sudden you're like, whoa. Um, people notice. They say people notice, like you notice after a month, your family knows after two months, and everybody else knows in three months. Like, dude, you've been working out. You know, like this Mitch over here, I noticed. I'm just kidding. I told him he was working out earlier. But, but you notice, you notice. But not everybody notices right away. It takes time, right? It takes time. You got to work the muscle. And so to be generous, it's the same thing. It ain't going to happen overnight, folks. Like, just take that first step. Like, hey, if you haven't been given, just give something. If you give regularly, start giving regularly. If you, if you, if you give regularly, man, I'm going to say, I'm going to be more generous. I'm going to be sacrificial. I'm going to give, I'm, I'm going to get to the point now where I'm like, I got to give something away that I really love because there's so much more I can do with the money I have. You ever you guys seen Schindler's List? Schindler's List. And you get to the end, he's like, I could sell my wedding ring. I could have saved more people. I feel that way. I don't know why. I feel that way about Jesus. Like, I get to sell this thing, and I could do more for Jesus. So I'm going to figure it out. Like, I got to do more for God. And so that's what God's calling us to do. And so my journey, you know, I didn't grow up in church. I started going when I was in high school. And it's real foreign to me that people would give money to church. So I'm like, God's already got enough money. You know, like, why are we giving money to church? Like, I don't understand this. I mean, I got to make money. I, didn't, I had nothing to my name, right? You're a high school student, right? Like, we give? And I was challenged by this man named Mitch Black. Oh, he's a youth coach and um, man, just one of those guys, like he had money and I'm like, that makes no sense. You go to church and give, I'm really curious. And he began to coach me and said, hey, Sean, um, it doesn't matter what you have, it matters what you do what you have. What do you do with what you have? I said, oh, got me. Um, so he said, hey, 10% to church, 10% long-term investment savings, 10% like emergency fund savings, live on 70, that's your funnel. Boom, boom, boom. The drip, that's all the fun that's over. But you don't live on the drip. That stuck with me. I started investing in high school. I was like, okay, I had no money. I saved $1,000 by the time I went to college. I just invested it. No idea what I'm doing. Right, here, take this. But it was faithful to give to God. I remember in college, I was my second month of college, went down to BBC. Like I said, my family was like, I love you, son. You're on your own. <laughs> you gotta make it. So I said, okay, I gotta get a job. I'm gonna go down and get a job. I applied. I applied at food restaurants. I hate food restaurants, but I'm gonna work for food. I'll do whatever I do. Uh, I'm praying in my dorm room, like literally praying in my dorm room, God, give me a job. I need a job, God. I need, I need money. I need, I'll do anything. I'll work anywhere. Just give me a job. God, use me. And in the middle of my prayer, I kid you not, my RA at college, he's going down the hall. Anybody want a job? Anybody want a job? Anybody want a job? I'm like, God? And so, yeah, I'll take a job. I worked that job for four years. I worked at the airport. I cleaned planes. I love doing it. I worked my own hours. As a matter of fact, that I took off my breaks, but I worked all these extra hours. I cleaned Cessna little airplanes. I was down there with uh, methyl ethyl ketone. Don't do it. It's bad for your health. Probably my brain cells are gone, but I was cleaning up all these things, right? I was just doing, just working this job. It was an amazing job. I had it for four years in college, all the way through. They finally shut down, and I started my own business. I made more money six months out of my business because all these other guys believed me. I was cleaning their planes. I was all this other stuff, right? because I prayed and said, God, I'll put you first. But God's always blessed me. God's always blessed me. I remember, I remember going, uh, visiting uh, my, well, it was my wife at the time. We were dating. I went down to Baylor and I was on the road down there and I broke down in Plano, Texas. Yes, uh, home of uh, the infamous, who's a cyclist, I'm missing my name here. Somebody throw it out there. Lance Armstrong, Plano, Texas, where's from? So like, oh, I broke down in Plano, sweet. Radiator went out, $673.85. You know why I know that? Because I had no money. I had no money, but you know what I did have? A check that came in that day for $673.85. Like literally the exact amount of my car breaking down, the check came in the mail. 
I'm just telling you, like this is a story can repeat a million times over, a million times over in my life. And so when I started this church, we said, hey, we're gonna have to sell some things. So I sold my, I had a rental home off of Bel Ray. I said, okay, I'll fix it up. We're gonna sell it. We're gonna use that for the church. We're gonna refinance our house. Okay, we're, we're right side up in a really good way. So we're gonna finance this. We're gonna use it for the church. We're gonna use our van for some leverage to help our church. And for the first year, we started like, you know, raising funds and going out in the church. And we started our first intrasocial last January, 2017. And for the first year up until this year, I didn't take a salary. I said, I'm not gonna do it. Like, I'm gonna put other people first. There's other people I want on my team. I want, I'm gonna provide for them. We're gonna put them on staff before you put me on staff. I'm not gonna take a paycheck until we reach a certain point because I wanna serve. Like, I wanna give. And it's not about me, it's just my heart. People are like, I don't agree with that, like a lot of church planters. I'm like, yeah, well, you probably wouldn't. You didn't live my story. I'm gonna spot where I can do that. I'm gonna spot where I can say, I wanna be as generous as possible because I want this church to work. I want Jesus' name to go out in our community. I want to change lives. So I'm going to put myself last. I'm going to tell you, this is so unheard of. I actually, our overseers get together, they set my salary, and they're like, what are you doing? Boom, hit me in the head. I'm like, hey, I hear you, man. I got a plan. God didn't come through. I'm planting seeds. I'm planting seeds. Because one day I'm going to reap a harvest on this, and it's going to be big. It's not for money. It's for people. I'm going to put myself last in this. It's, we don't need to have a huge payroll. Like, we're going to do this differently. Like we're gonna follow Christ. And so we began to invest in our community. We gave back like crazy. We gave to anything we could. We'll partner with anybody in the community. If the school says we need help, yes. Don't even, have to, don't even have to even know. Yes, we're gonna do it. Why? Because we're here to be a blessing. We're here to be for the community, not just in the community. We're here to be irrational and generous because we want the church of God to change people's lives. We're called to be generous because I have that faith because I've seen God do it. So when people say, hey man, that's weird you're doing that. Like, yeah, it is weird because following God's kind of weird. I'm kind of weird like that. But you know what? I know God's gonna bless it. I know he's gonna bless it, amen? He's gonna bless it. Like, I'm gonna give it, and God's gonna give it back, and it may be a different way, but God's gonna use it. I've never done something for Jesus and thought, man, I wish I would have not done that. Give me my money, my money back. It's never happened. I've never served somebody. I've never given something away and thought, man, what a waste. I've never happened, but I have wasted a lot of money, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't even know where it went. I don't even know, but when you give money to God, you know you're making an impact in people's lives. Our church has had a distinct privilege of seeing people's lives changed every week in this gathering. Every week, somebody rededicates their life. Somebody comes to Christ. So our community gets changed by the gospel. People are breaking free from addictions. Marriages are coming back together. You could be a part of that story. You could be a story of second chance boxes going out and ministering to homeless people. You get to put people into hotels at night. You get to do all this crazy stuff because you give. We get to do big stuff across the world. We get to give to missions and we get to sponsor missionaries that are gonna make an impact in this year. We get to give to Vapor, the mission of little kids across the world that we've never touched in a million years that live in a shanty, that have a plastic ball they wrap in twine and think it's awesome. And we get to do that. We get to do that. You don't have to, you get to. You get to be generous. So we get to commit to the cycle of supply this morning. I and mean, it's not my job to tell you what to give. It's just my job to tell you to ask God what to give and be obedient. That's between you and God, what God wants from you. What's God teaching you? Last thing I'll say is this, God provides for us for the work of the church. You guys get to be a part of everything that happens here at Real Life. Man, that's all for me, man. Like, I want that to happen. Like, not my name, not even realizing Jesus' name, a Jesus church. Like, hey, what you remember about this is Jesus. Like we serve in the name of Jesus, we gave in the name of Jesus. We don't need a sign on that, we don't need that. We just need you to know that Jesus loves you and this is for you. He called me to give this to you. And so we're gonna help people. 
We're going to give money at KT. We get to support that. We gave $600 last month to just bless the kids here. We said, hey, use it for the school how you want to. Bless the kids the best way possible. You know, each week we get to meet the needs in the community. We actually pay for counseling for people who come to us and say, hey, we need some help. I said, hey, look, we got a guy. There's always a guy, right? We'll send it to him. We'll cover that for the first four weeks. We'll cover it. We see people's lives change from that. I've seen people like take off. I mean, win in the sale, right? I got people's marriages coming apart. And I'm like, hey, man, God, it's got to go to this guy. We'll, we'll cover it. Our church will bless you with this. This is what we're for. We have missionaries. You have young people every Sunday night that meet in the youth group. Reaching young people is awesome. It is the most exciting thing you can ever be a part of because they're so open. They're so open to the conversation of the gospel. They're so passionate about living for Christ. And God's gonna work in their generation. So we do that every single week. I mean, your life has been impacted maybe here. Maybe you personally have said, hey man, this church has been a blessing to me. This person, this church has been a blessing. You, as you receive, you give, amen? As you receive, you give. This is what we do. This is what we do. This is who we are. So the question is real simple this morning. Are you a part of we? Are you a part of we? Are you a part of we? Are you doing what we are doing? Are you leading the way with generosity? I'll encourage you to be a part of that. Are you living in the cycle of scarcity? Man, that consume the lack, the fear. Man, change that. Change that. Take control of that. Man, God gave you every single one of those dollars. Tell those dollars what to do, right? Like take control of that and say, man, I wanna honor God with my money. Give it, multiply it, let your faith build. Man, I came to the point where I'm like, I'm gonna step out and I'm not gonna step out in a small way. I believe God wants to step out in a big way. We're gonna plant a church. I'm just gonna give and give and give when it starts hurting. That's where I feel like we're starting. Like I'm gonna give it there. It's not gonna make any sense. There's probably just been zero conversations where my story's made sense with anybody. <laughs> They're actually going that. I said, it's not normal. I understand. We're like the 1% church planter. I get it. God's gonna use it. God's gonna use it. I believe God is gonna use it. Man, this is who we are. This is what we do because of what Jesus did. This is what we do. I'm just gonna pray this morning. Father, we come before you. God, I pray you just empower us, God, to be a revolution of generosity. God, I pray our church will be so open-handed. God, we play star roles in your kingdom. God, I pray, pray you bless this in a massive way. God, that we'd be a blessing to our community. People are far from you, God, would know you this morning because of the generosity, God, that we have given because of the grace of Jesus on the cross. As we reflect in prayer today, man, if you're Jesus following you and say, man, I would love to be even more generous. I'm blessed to be a blessing. We just lift your hand right now. If that's you, say, I would just love to be more of a blessing. I'm blessed to be blessed. Man, I wanna just step up the game. I see your hands all around. I also pray for you this morning. Father, just, just increase our faith, God. Just give us that boldness to step out, God. It's uncomfortable, it's weird. God, it's an investment. So God, open the floodgates of heaven in our church. God, help our church to be rationally generous. God, that people know that they're loved. And may the world be different and better because of today, because we decide to be generous. God, help us to be bigger blessing to other people. God, you gave to us first, God. So I pray that we give first back to you. God, I pray for somebody who's given for the first time today. Somebody who's just stepping out and saying, man, I'm just gonna trust you, God. And I just know you're already gonna be faithful, God. But I just pray that they know it. I pray that you show up in a big way, God. I pray that you'd bring confirmation, God. I pray that you'd just show them that you're faithful, God, to the test of giving. Man, as we continue praying today, there are some of you that recognize that you're not putting God first. Some of you are like, man, I'm kind of far from God, especially in this area. Um, but how in the world do you make it back to God? And I want to say this really clearly, that God gave you first, man. Like, church is free. Like, God gave you Jesus, the Bible says, for God so loved the world, he gave his only son, Jesus, so whoever believes in him would have eternal 
life. Who is Jesus? Jesus is God, God in the flesh. He lived a perfect life. He died on the cross and rose again from the grave. Why? So he could offer you forgiveness of your sins. The Bible says anyone calls on his name will be saved, that the way to your sin will be in your past, that God is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. When you call on him, he will forgive you. This is the end of this podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, be sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss another inspirational podcast. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com.